Hello and welcome to the round 19 review on the Doctor Supercoach podcast. I'm joined this week again by Harry. Harry, how are you going, mate? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Thank you. Thrilled to be back. Thrilled to be back. That's good. I assume that's after a big score on the weekend. How'd you go? Uh, just uh, a lousy 2,605 points. Jeez. Uh, ranked, ranked 318 for the round. Um, yeah, pretty good week for me. How about yourself? Mate, it sounds like you're on top of the world. Um, yeah, well, you outscored me by 100, and that's hard to do considering I scored 25-24, and um, I popped back into the ten top 10,000, so hopefully I'll just stick it out there for the rest of the year and just focus on my leagues and not have too much of a, a horrible ranking dragging me down, so um, not bad. Good week for all, it seems. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, a lot of the big primos... All scored, you know, the 140s, and most of got over a ton. So, you know, that's probably um, why everyone scored really good scores this week. Yeah, and it definitely helped if you could avoid those Bulldogs um, backline omissions and um, all the rest of it. Liber um, and all the people we're going to speak about now. So, um, we've kicked off the round review that we usually do because it is getting into the intimate part of the season with all the Supercoach League finals going on now. So we're just um, reading straight off the Facebook page where we've um, put out a little um, Q&A and we're going to answer people's questions on the podcast. So um, kicking us off is Mitch Lay, who has asked, is Merritt likely to miss a week to rest? Do you guys think Aaron Hall will score well when he's back even without Ablett? Also, who are you guys loopholing this week? Well, to the first part of the question, is Merritt likely to miss a week to rest? That's being asked because the coach came out and said young Bombers would need a rest and won't um, complete the season. Do you reckon Merritt will fall into that category? Um, he has been definitely a shining star in their very uh, bleak season. Um, definitely an emerging player. Um, I think if he's a bit banged up through this rough season, then I don't see a reason that they're not going to rest him. It's just a matter of, you know, um, I guess players like Zaharakas, those campaigners, uh, they might need a rest more than Merritt. But then again, he's been their best player of the season, so wouldn't be surprised if he missed one or even two. So Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think you'd be fairly optimistic to think that after this messaging from the coach, he'd, um, he'd be one of the rookies. Well, not rookies, he's a third-year player, but one of those young players to escape the rest altogether. So... I reckon at this point we can count on him being rested for at least one week and you just got to hope you have bench cover of some sort. And the second question asked by Mitch Lay is, do you guys think Aaron Hall will score well when he's back even without Ablett? Well, he start, he ended last season without Ablett and that's when he really put his stamp on things. He started scoring hundreds. Um, he just went berserk. He just scored ton, 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 ton. And um, I think it's with that maximum midfield time in the um and the few injuries in the Suns midfield that actually gets him scoring so well. What do you think, Harry? Uh yes, I think when he when he comes back back and um if he comes back that is, um, he will score very well. Uh because I think Gold Coast they're very down at the moment and they need to a big finish to end the season um on a positive note with all those injuries coming back next season. Um I think I'm hoping that he will, even though I don't have him, I'm hoping he'll replicate the form he had 
this stage last season because, you know, for his career, he's been omitted a couple of times this season now, even though he's been getting the ball a lot. So I think for his career um, and for Gold Coast's sake, he will play his heart out, get the, you know, just get the points. Mm, they've uh, they've actually won quite a few of their... I think they've won four of their last five there, Harry. So they're finishing oh, on a decent uh, note. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's been against an early opposition and they couldn't get the job done against Melbourne this week. So yeah, you're right. They do need to um, sort of just finish with a little bit of promise to their fans and um, hopefully Aaron Hall is the catalyst. But you you would have had to have been a brave person or a person low on trades to hold him anyway because it was touted as a three to four week injury. So, I mean, there is a small chance that he doesn't come back at, at all. But I think if he does, then he comes back pretty strong. Um and the last question asked by Mitch is also, who are you guys loopholing this week? So this is generally a job left for the Thursday podcast, but while we've got it here, at the moment, my VC will either be on um, Dusty. I mean, him on a Friday night, is just it just smells like a big score. Um, I do like Robbie Gray against Sydney. They, um, I mean, Tom Mitchell can tag, but they're not the, the tagging team. Um, on the other side of that coin is um, Port, who dropped Kane Mitchell last week and obviously don't tag without him. And Hanabry could get off the leash. And lastly, I have had a little look ahead at Jack Stephen, who could be a chance against Carlton to go big. It is um, it is a bit of a risky one, but when you've got Dangerfield to fall back on for the captaincy choice, you can throw it out a bit there. So depends on who my opposition will have, though. So I'm looking at my league finals and... Um, I might try and get someone who they don't go in spite of them. So, um, what are your thoughts, Harry? Yeah, I think um, I might just leave it on one of the Friday night boys. Uh, I think Pendles against Richmond is a uh, pretty safe option, if I say so myself. Yeah. Um, but and then again, any of the big mid or forward primos, you can chuck the VC on because you have the Pendle, uh, the danger of fallback. So, um, I think anything. Under 130, I wouldn't take from a VC this week because Ooh. only purely because danger against Essendon and um, Geelong can't afford to lose a game, so he has to play his best, you know, to finish off the season. So, jeez, oh, anything under 130? <laughs> I think you can pay it, play it 20 percent, and that'd still beat them. So, um, but you are <laughs> right; it does. Up, he right has there. to play out the game, though. He has to play out the game, and um, Geelong do have to get as much percentage as they can up on the board. So. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll feel very safe having Dangerfield as that captain on the Sunday. So, um, someone riskier leading into that for me, considering he's such a safe option. Um, and we'll leave the rest to Thursday's podcast to cover it in uh, much more detail than what we just did then. Um, next question is by Rowan Mattinson. And he's asking, looking to upgrade Libba to JPK, but I already have Hannes and Parker. Should I look elsewhere or go with the three mids from the same team? Current mids are Hammers, Parker, Danger, Pendle, Selwood, Neil, and Sloan. Yes, I'd get JPK. Uh, clearly, the three star midfielders being on the same team doesn't seem to affect them. Um, they obviously aren't thinking, oh, well, there's three of us here. Let's one of us score low next game because they're all averaging stupid numbers. So um, JPK is incredibly safe, and he was a couple of weeks ago our second best almost um, touted trading option for Gary Ablett. So, um, yeah, I'd definitely be getting JPK. Harry, you own him, so what are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely 
no-brainer. Go JPK. Um, you already have Hannah's and Parker, Rowan. So there is no. You're definitely one thousand percent not going to trade them out. Um, and getting in JPK, who has averaged one hundred thirty-four over the last three weeks, that's absolutely huge. Um, if you have the money, one hundred percent go for it. Yeah, sure. I definitely agree. Um, yeah, he's just such a standout option. He. What well, start two scores below a hundred, uh, excluding round one, both were in the nineties. So, um, just crazy stuff from JPK. All right. So next question is Alexi Harris, who is stuck with Deledio and want to upgrade Blitzer. He's got four trades left and thirty three k. So he can do one of these options, Harry: Deledio to Gunston, Deledio to Franklin. Or Deledio to Franklin and Blitzarbs to Mumford, or any options you think are better. Um, personally, I'd take Franklin over Gunston, so that's the one that I do there. And Blitzarbs to Mumford. What are you, you're a Geelong boy, Harry. What do you think of Blitzarbs? Is he going to bounce back, or should this guy look to be trading him? Um, I think Blitzarbs. I don't know. After watching. Last season, compared to this season, he's definitely been a bit more of a uh, a role player, not much of a uh, you know a big possession getter anymore. Um, he's just I don't know. I think if you if you've had Blitzer for the whole season, then I think you should probably this end of the pointy end of the season trade him. That's my uh, in my humble opinion. And Munford, he. Could, uh, yeah, that's definitely a really hard one. What are your thoughts on Munford, Jordan? Um, I mean, he's, he hasn't gotten injured like we all think he was going to. So at this point, uh, he's a little hit or miss. But yeah, I'd go for it. I'd do it, to be honest. Uh, you've got two other Might trades well. left for injuries after these two trades. Deladio to Franklin's obviously a win because Deladio is scoring zero and Franklin's getting those tons. Um, just yeah, go for the blitz of Mumford. You might even gain fifty to sixty points on it per week. So, um, if Blitzhouse keeps scoring these average scores and GWS have a really easy run, uh, now that I say, oh, I'm tossing up now whether he'll get rested or not. But Roy Lobb just got injured, so surely Mumford plays out the season. Yeah, definitely for sure in my opinion. Yeah, I reckon so as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for it, Alexia. I'd, Pull the trigger on that one on the Deladio to Franklin and Blitzarves to Mumford, and um, yeah, get your team prime for the the league finals and have two injury trades left in your pocket as well. Um, moving on to a page favourite, Fozzy Wolf, who it looks like he's just getting a little bit ahead of himself. He's he's asking probably the cockiest question I've ever seen, which is what should I spend my Super Coach winnings on after I win the jackpot in my league this year. Wow. Um, he has put in brackets bes- besides cancer charity because, of course, some of my winnings are going to that. Foz. Lovely work. Um, lovely work. Well, aside from the lovely work with the cancer charity, it's, you've, already, you've already spent your winnings. It's first week of finals. Like, he's, this, is, this is unprecedented behavior by Fozzie. He's just... What do you think, Harry? What would you spend the money on? I mean, we don't know how big the jackpot is, so, I mean, it could be anything. Um, okay, according to Josh Dwyer, ninth place gets our $10, so, I don't know, I'm assuming top spot, maybe over $100, mm. I, you know. Um, you think over that. 
Yeah. Over a few hundred dollars, I would go out for a nice dinner with the missus, you know. All good. You reckon Fozzie's a, a man of the of the ladies? Uh, if you if you're not a man of the ladies, just get a girl and uh, go out for a night. I mean, might as well, you know. Right, that's what we employ here. Nothing super coach related. For some reason, Harry's just gone the full, the missus route. <laughs> um, yeah, go buy super coach gold, Fozzie, and win it again next year. Oh, well, that's a very viable option as well. Next year, you just win super coach fifty k in the bank, you know. And sh- shout shout your mates a bit of a bit of piss. So have, have a. That's what I do when I win my league final. I put together a barbecue, a bit of a piss up, and we all just. You know, have a good day. Grand final day. There you go. Host grand final day with the winnings and um, your mates will love you. Or just be a lot a lot more selfish than that and, and piss it up. Oh, I <laughs> Do what Harry said, yes. <laughs> um, next question after Fozzie's just absolute arrogance has knocked me off my axis. Um, Alex Rowland, getting rid of Libba, which leaves me 540.8k, um, is nil the best option to take or should I be looking at someone else? So we've compiled a little list here. Firstly, I'd say if you don't have Hanabry, who falls into that category, he'd be your number one. I'd look straight to Hanabry and um, and just lock it in pretty much. It's it's an absolute no-brainer. I assume you do have Hanabry. Option two for me would be Callum Ward. Their run home is just stupidly easy. And they should really win all of their contests in the run home. And I reckon Callum will cash in. For that reason, my number three option is Dylan Shield. I reckon he will also cash in on this crazy run that they have home. And score absolutely mammoth points on the run home. Um, Number four is Lockie Neal, of course. He has stagnated a lot since, I mean, the first five rounds, really. If you look back to it. He's not scoring any of those massive tons again. And he is turning up and he's very consistent. But if I'm going into the Supercoach Finals, I'm looking for two things. A point of difference and a player that can score me 130 or, um, unfortunately, maybe an 80. But, you know, you want to go all in for that 130, get your league wins and just rock at home throughout the rest of the season. And number five, um, Trelaw. So he, we did think that he was a bit of a trap, but he's put together a couple of good weeks. So... Um, he'd be my fifth option. Harry, what would you rate those in? Um, uh, for those five players, I 100% agree with you. For the first one, Hannes, if you don't have him, is a must-have this season. Um, he's just a super consistent player. Um, those few weeks uh, that were down weeks, you can forget about that now. You can probably get him on the cheaper cheaper side of things and, you know, 100% number one target out of those five. Um, and then number two, I have Lockie Neal. So, um, I think I've had him all season and he's just super consistent, um, always tons up, occasional 130, 140, 150s, um, just a super consistent player, gets the ball, uh, yeah, and third place I have Callum Ward, uh, because as you said, they're easy run home and they can't afford to lose games, so they might as well go for it, get percentage, and Callum Ward will definitely cash in with, as long with Dylan Chill. Uh, those are my number three and number four. For the same said reason above, I think Shields definitely been less consistent than those other names we mentioned. Oh, that's uh, a big call. Yeah, uh, he's been 
very, very uh, patchy in games. So he'd score 20 and then go missing for half an hour and then score another 40 and then go missing again. So that's my number one concern. Uh, she, was, um, she was my boy, so... I mean, <laughs> I'm going to back him a little bit here. Let me just get up my scores while you read out the fifth player. Yeah, well, he's my number four player. And then, obviously, you've got Trelaw. Um, I think those you can't go really go wrong with any of those five. But out of those five, I think Trelaw is definitely the riskiest one. So that's why I've put him number five. But then again, you can't really go wrong with any of those players. But that's just my preferred arrangements. So go mm. ahead, Jordan. So, 102 against Melbourne, 98 against Geelong, 101 against Sydney, 108 against Port Adelaide, 92 against St Kilda, 114 against Hawthorne, 92 against Fremantle, 120 against Gold Coast, 109 against Bulldogs, 118 against Adelaide, 115 against Geelong, 88 against Sydney, 82 against Essendon, 114 against Carlton, 80 against Collingwood, 94 against Brisbane, 95 against Port, and then 105 against Richmond. He hasn't gone below 80, but hasn't gone above 120. So, I mean... That's, yeah, that, for me, that's just... He's super consistent, don't get me wrong, he's just patching games. <laughs> All right, but at, least you, at least you corrected your, your consistent remark from earlier. But, yeah, you <laughs> well, are, you are right. He, he's incredibly frustrating yeah. to own because you see him pop up and score 20 points in four minutes and you go, yes, this is his quarter. He's going to score 60 <laughs> and score 130 for the game. And then it'll get to three-quarter time and you'll be like, wait, what the hell? Did he even score a point after that twenty minutes? Uh, after that four minutes where he scored 20? Like, he's just so... If I think he has, like, the third or fourth at least time on ground most games. He gets quite a few niggles where he ends up on the bench for a little while. So he's incredibly frustrating to own. But I think on their run home, where they've got Gold Coast, um, West Coast at Spotless, Fremantle at Spotless, and North Melbourne at Etihad, um, I reckon they can just cash in at their home games and against Gold Coast this week. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really splitting peas because Hammers should be number one. I've got the GWS boys there for just for their run and Neil for these consistency and then um Troll. But they're all great picks, obviously. So um we probably spoke a little bit too much about them to be honest. Um Alright, flicking to the next question on that note. Joel Lay, what should we do with Zach Dawson? Sideways trade from him to Doherty. Now, it wouldn't be a QA without a Zach Dawson question. And I'd just like to answer Joel's question with Reading out his first edited thing, what should we do with Zach Dawson? Sideways trade him to Pendles, so he didn't even know Zach Dawson was a defender. He's got him in as a <laughs> midfielder. So come on, Joel, if you're going to put up silly questions like that, at least know the player's position. So we're going to move past that one. And the next question is Daniel Chambers, who says, "Prittis or Jack Stephen as the last mid spot?" Now, this question hits me hard because. Prittis is probably the better option considering how he's gone in the last month or two. But Jack Stevens, he's he's my boy. He's he's the bloke I picked over anyone else when replacing Ablett. Average is 128 Eddie had, and that's where all his games are at for the rest of the year except one game against Melbourne at the G, which um, it should be a close one anyways. So uh, I can't answer unbiasedly because I'm going to say Jack Stephen just for his ability to score what he scored a couple of weeks ago with that 150. So that would be my answer. 
Harry, can you talk a bit of sense into me? Uh, I can give you some stats. Um, in the last few games at Etihad, here we go from round nine at Essendon. This is uh, his earlier game at Etihad. 148, followed by a game against Rio. 138. Oh, I and know these. Next, I know these, next, Harry. Next Etihad game, 164. Ah, stop. And then 79 against Geelong, which you know. <laughs> and then the 170, and I then the 89, and 150, and 77. So, based on those numbers, he's probably averaging around 120, low one, low, high 110s. He's so averaging 120 at Etihad, and... Like yeah. that, that's fact. We looked that up um, a couple of weeks ago, but I don't want to hear that. I want you to give me the reasonable speech as to Prittis being consistent and the better pick and all that stuff. Have you got one of those in you? He's he's definitely very consistent. Um, Again, wrong, but in my opinion, you know, it's squeaky end of the season, squeaky bum time. Um, you want the wins in finals, so why not? You might as well have a very a player with a higher ceiling out of those two. That's for sure. Um, and go for Jack Stephen. Wow, so I thought I'd get laughed out of the room with my Jack Stephen pick, but yes, yes, get on him, Daniel. Join the bandwagon and reap the rewards. And reap the rewards. That's exactly right. I did last week when I, he scored one fifty, and I definitely, I guarantee, I swear on Harry's life, he'll do it again before the end of the season. So um, there I'm we go. pretty confident he will. So I think my life's pretty safe. There we go. It's in good hands. <laughs> Um, that takes us to the next question, which is Shane Healy. Hey, Doctor, next year, can you make it so as people in the same league can trade picks for cash? We'll make it even more interesting come finals time. Now, that actually is a good proposition. Although we don't run Supercoach, I'd like to. Um, that's a very interesting proposition. Harry, if you if you were in desperate need of some trades at this time of the season, how much cash would you actually put forth um, to get someone to sell you some trades per se, they're, they're almost <laughs> invaluable. Oh man, I don't know. Um, depends how desperate you are for them, I guess. Like you have one or two injuries. But I personally wouldn't spend any money. I have faith in my team, but um, you know, um, I don't know. I hope he's not talking <laughs> real cash. Is he talking real cash or super coach cash? Uh, my super coach cash is very valuable, so you know you can't go there, but. I don't know. You can maybe buy one trade with 150, 200k. Hmm. See, that would be an interesting proposition. That's a that's a game idea right there, Shane. I'd take that right to the bank and um, sell it to somebody because we all need trades at this time. There's some people out there with eight trades and there's probably three rounds oh, left and they're like, what the hell? I've got wasted two trades here. And yeah, it's a lot to buy some <laughs> trades off him. But yes. Um... Anyways, we'll move on, Shane. That's a that's a question that we don't even have an answer to. Um, next up is Michael Feast. I hope I pronounced that right. Best midfielder or best forward for 465k and under to replace Liver. Um, I've got a few names written down here, and I'm going to rank them from one to five. Now the names are Wingard, Montagna. Buddy, Motlop, and Westoff. So, a couple of strange picks in there. So, um, if you're going for PIDs, then obviously pay attention to those. But first on the list, I would say is Buddy. Second on the list, I'd put Montagna. Third would be Motlop. Ah, uh, no, it wouldn't. Third, no. third would be Westoff. Third would be Westoff. 
then Motlop, then Wingard, I reckon. Harry? Yeah, uh, I mostly agree with you. Um, definitely buddy number one, as he can get a, reach a ton without really doing anything in a game, really. This is true. Um, <laughs> and then second, I would have, interestingly enough, Motlop. Wow. Um, only because last time fan? when he... Last time when he had consecutive 80 scores, he went on to score, you know, 130, 140, 160, all in succession. Um, got almost uh, 600K, actually. And then he had the fall from grace. So I think this end of the season, Geelong needs to win games. We need an X factor, um, get the percentage up. You know, Mott can be the man to do the, to do the job. So, Fair enough. He's very um, cheap as well. 380K for sure. Yeah. Um, cheaper than most those options there um, third I'll have tags only because the consistency you're getting out of him and he has an okay ceiling um, and fourth I'd have Westhoff and fifth Wingard so can I just point out something if you yep. if you picked a player who was such a confidence player and they finished the season with Essendon Richmond Brisbane and Melbourne at home, the Melbourne game, surely, surely, surely that weighs heavily on your situation and they almost become one of the one of the most popular picks. For sure, for sure. And I think you're talking about Mott's there, am I correct? That is Motlop, and he's gone so far under the radar, he's so cheap. I reckon he tears every one of those opponents to shreds and storms home pretty, pretty well. So, um... Yeah, if I were to redo my order there, I'd say Buddy, Montagna, Motlop, Westhoff, Wingard. Um, it's, yeah, Motlop's he's just very enticing with those um, teams that he has left in the season. Um, so yeah, that's a, and you just save a bucket load. If it's your second to last trade and you want some cash to move around with that last trade if you're ever going to need it, Motlop's definitely um, probably the best option for value there. For sure, for sure. And on that note, we'll move on to the next question, which is by Rain Salmon. Why is Zaharaka such a spud, and should I upgrade him to Dawson for finals? Now, it wouldn't be a Q&A without two Dawson questions. This is ridiculous. Um, Zaharakis is such a spud because he can't deal with a tag. Um, I've seen a game where he was just standing by himself on the wing, and then um, a little bit of fluff landed on his shoulder, and it, it just tagged him away from the ball. That bit of fluff. That's, that's just what all it takes. Um, yeah, no, he's pathetic at holding a tag. And um, if you were to tag anyone in that bomber's midfoot, you'd think Zach Merritt. But um, Zaharakis just seems to be the player on everyone's list, and they just keep tagging him. So that is why he's such a spud. And um, Essendon are going to get belted around now, I know your um, tongue-in-cheek Dawson comment, but I would try and upgrade him at any cost to anyone. Like, um, sure. I reckon Dawson would be scoring more than these 30s and 40s that uh, Zaharakis is putting up, so that's not even a bad option. Um, yeah, even Motlop is only 70k more expensive than Zaka, so get on, get on. Yeah, well, that's... We were just talking about him last um, question. That's actually... Um, a really good option for any Zaharakas holder. Um, try and find the cash to get up to Motlop and ride him home for the rest of the season. It's not that much of a jump. Um, but yeah, I do feel, I do feel bad for Zaharakas owners, that's for sure. Sure, for sure. 
And next question is by Caden Bolger. Now, looking for a D6 to trade in for Ruggles. Now, <laughs> reading this in the um, in the oh, in the no. pre-chat that we do, you were almost in tears. Now, two best options are Daniel Rich or Robbie Tarrant. Which one? Harry, would you like to take the lead on this one? Yeah, um, I'd love to. Uh, if you, out of those two, you know, Daniel Rich is my man. Remember that week, two weeks ago, hashtag Daniel Rich 120. And if you and listened to the show last week, we um we toned that down to uh, hashtag Daniel Rich 110, which he also achieved. Exactly. So two consecutive 110 plus games from Daniel Rich. Um, out of those two, no brainer. Daniel Rich out of those two. Um, there's not many good defenders that are cheap and can score well. Are there? No, um, no. She's she's right in the um. Is it a she? Ooh, I could be... Yeah, Caden, you think that's a she? Caden? Ooh, it might be a boy. He or she? Oh, no. what is... He or she? He. <laughs> is it a he, you know, for a fact? It's a he. I've butchered, a he it. I've butchered it. So, Caden, right into me. You can give me all sorts of abuse for that one. Um, okay, so, he is correct, though. It was a compliment, Caden. I was getting there. Um, there aren't many options for uh, the price that he's looking at. Taron, if I could just read out his last few weeks, uh, 33, 85, 83, 74, 97, and he has scored four above the ton with 103 in round one, 110 in round eight, 119 in round 12, and 136 in round 13, but he's just not an option, to be honest. I mean, He's got Bulldogs, Hawthorne, Sydney, and GWS in the run home. He is just not an option at any cost. I wouldn't go near Taz. <laughs> Daniel Rich, they're finally not tagging him because they realise that the season's cooked and Brisbane aren't going to do anything in there. You can beat it with, by 90 without tagging him anyway. So, um, yeah, I'd definitely go to Daniel Rich in that instance. Or even for the same price of Robbie Town, you can get JJ, Jason Johansson, if you don't have him. If I would probably take JJ over Danny Rich at this stage of the season at the finals. So I'm going to back Rich, I reckon. Just because yeah. anyone that plays for the Bulldogs tends to get injured. So, um, Oh, Rich... don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. No, no, that's not a jinx. It's a reverse jinx. <laughs> I'm saying that they get injured, so now they won't. Nah, I love the, um, the Bulldogs, and I really, really, yeah. really feel for them. Um, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd probably go Rich. He probably has the the richer vein of form, if if I if I may say so. Um, oh, fantastic, mate! Fantastic. Very, very fantastic. Um, and yeah, that's that's where I'd go. So next question is by Luke Parker, the Sydney Swans uh, midfielder. No, okay, different Luke Parker. Um, upgrade Yo to or upgrade Petrarca slash Carriage to have 190k and four trades. Um, all right, that's that's extremely difficult to answer. You just, I mean, you've, you haven't given us much. We don't know what plays you have or who you're even looking at or if Petrarca and Carriage are in the forward line or I assume they are. But, um, yeah, just just head to a, um, a premium or someone that was spoken about. Like Motlop's a decent option. If you can afford Buddy, Montagna, they're perfect options. Um, if you do end up doing Yo, then we spoke about... Um, Rich obviously being the better of the three, I think, but um, Harry thinks Johannesson 
and the obvious premiums that are going to score a bit like Rance. Rance is bouncing back, so he's um a little bit cheaper. I don't know if you can go yo to Rance, but um bit of a difficult question that one. Um, and the next one is Matt Allen. Will Essendon players be cheaper next season? I can see them being a target. Do you reckon they will be cheaper, Harry? Uh, I think looking on the history of Supercoach, I think if a player has a year off, they will tend, they tend to be about 100 to 150k cheaper than they were last season. That's uh, enticing. That's enticing. So, yep. I would assume someone like a Joe Watson to be around 450 maximum. Dyson um, Heppel. Someone like a Michael Hurley to be just under. So I'm going to throw out a few names. I'm going to throw out a few names. Dyson Heppel, if he's 450k, would you look at him? 100%. Dyson Heppel, 100%. Definitely. What about Hibbard? If he's, Definitely, we'll look at him. Hibbard, if he's 350k and playing for North Melbourne, would you look at him? Looking off half-back for North, yes, I would look at him. I would look 350k is very enticing, isn't it? Um, a couple other players, say Paddy Ryder for Port Adelaide, if he comes in at, um, say, the same sort of 400, 450k as a Ruckman? Probably not, to be honest. I agree. Um, Paddy I agree. Ryder, I think, yeah, I think he's a bit past it, and a year off is not really good off, good for big men. Um, no, it's a bit harder for them to come back. I don't think, and but, I hope um, he's not past it, but I just I don't think he's shown tons of scoring potential for Port Adelaide. Yeah. So I do agree with it. Um, and maybe one more. Say Hurley in the back line for um, Essendon, say 410k. Uh, if he's anywhere around the 400k mark, I would definitely strongly consider Michael Hurley. He's, I, I think he's one of the best key defenders or swing men in the league. So if he can back, get back to what he produced two, one or two seasons ago, for sure. These are some of the options that we're going to have to think about because these players, I mean, you're going to have Zaharakis, well, probably not at this point, but <laughs> you're going to have merit at an inflated price and players like that who are able to play all season, Tip and Woody in that. So you don't even want to look at them. But think about merit potentially being 150k more expensive than Heppel, and yeah, we're talking serious business. So, um, Supercoach next year will be very interesting in how many bombers we can actually stack up with. Um, and that pretty much covers that question. So, Robert Spencer is next. Who would be the best pick to replace Libba out of Gray, JPK, Sloan, Ward, or Mundy? So, I'm crossing Mundy straight off that list because, I mean, he's had one or two good weeks. Still, I don't think is a viable option in the run home. So, out of Gray, Kennedy, Sloan, and Ward. Um, oh, geez, there is some quality there. I'd put JPK at number one. I'd put Sloan at number two. I'd put Gray at number three. And then Ward at number four. And that's not to take anything away from Ward because I think he'll have a great end to the season. What are your thoughts, Harry? Uh, I agree with you for top. JPK. Strong number one out of those, um, and then I would I have I have Gray and Sloan. Um, don't have Water Monday though. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Monday should be crossed off the list um, because he does play for Frio. And any midfielder other than Neil from Frio, I wouldn't consider. Ooh, so, lucky you said other than Neil then. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Kennedy um, tie between Gray and Sloan. I think whichever is a bit 
cheaper. Maybe if you're tight on money, you can go for either one of them. But I think they will probably produce similar numbers for the rest of the season um, and followed by Ward. Very, very nice. Um, next question. We're going to fly through these last few. Best back option under 396k. I was thinking Brody Smith might start bouncing back. You have Brody Smith, um, <laughs> which is funny in itself, but what do you think if he's run home? Uh, uh, to simply put it, don't go there. Do not go there. He has got a good run um, home, though, so he can bounce back. He can, but from what is shown this season, I I don't have any confidence. Right now, I mean, even considering to, you know, loophole Collins or like, just... just <sighs> He's just that one player at our back line that just sticks out with the average of 77. So, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, well, that isn't excellent. Um, he's got 396k. So which players would you suggest in the back line? There's not really... There really isn't that many players. Again, JJ, 404k. If you can spare... Uh, you probably can't spare those... That. 8K. I'm not sure. Um, do you have any names there, Jordan? Any defenders under 296? Um, I'm just having a look now, and I mean, some of the names that are popping up Shane Savage. I mean, he had a good start to the season, but I don't think he can finish it by any means. Um, and then it's just as a drop off. I mean, you're not looking at very uh, good names here. Matt D comes to mind. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, so Heath Granny scored 92 on the weekend, but I wouldn't expect him to back that up. Um, Zach Tui, he's just, no, I'd put a strong pass on that one. Um, even Daniel Talia, he's actually scoring a right recently, I'd give a strong no to. Um, Brody Smith is, does have the highest three-round average out of all those, except Ooh, Zach Tui. Jordan, Jordan, there's yes. one name that stands out out of, out of uh, players under 396. That is Matty Rosa from Gold Coast. You think he's a better pick than Smith? I think he's a much better pick than Smith. I think just to finish the season off, you know, Gold Coast need their experienced players to stand up. And if you count those injury scores, which he had a five in there, um, he had a five and he had an eight. So if you count those two out, then he's actually does not look that bad for 325k. He does not look bad at all. So I would think. I'd, I'd consider him over Smith, that's for sure. All right, well, I think you're talking crazy, and just because you've got Smith, you don't like him. So I'd still stick with <laughs> Smith, but um, Rosa does present a very good backup option if you if you really don't like Smith. So um, I do think <laughs> Smith will bounce back. So a couple more questions. Someone has Captain Trouble written up here, but we, um, we've already covered that, so we won't answer that one. Stephen or Stephen Lee is asking about Marcus Adams. Still another couple of weeks away, maybe even three. Um, could even miss the the rest of the season. So really Count bad him news. Out. Count him out. Yeah, well, I've got him on my bench. I'm in the same spot as you. Um, so yeah, just really bad news for those who held on to him, especially those expecting cover. I'm now relying on Collins. And uh, lastly, is 400k to trade out Libba. Final trades, who have you got? We've already answered this um, in spades. Hannes, Neil, Ward, Troll, Shield, not in that order, but rewind back and you'll see. 
Um, and that will do us for the podcast, Harry. I hope we answered everyone's questions. Um, those who are dealing with the loss of liver, um, yeah, we still just drum in those um, five options. They're really good options, and they're the best options for those who don't have any sort of balance left. And that'll do us, mate. Thank you very much for joining me again. No worries. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right. Anytime, mate. See ya.